What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, I sat down with a real estate agent who's been in the business for nearly two decades, has run multiple teams, and is now using technology to dynamically retarget and dynamically nurture leads so that he and his agents focus on the most viable prospects. Welcome to the show, Gabe Cordova. Welcome to the show today, Gabe. How are you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you doing? Good. I'm excited to have you on and, and excited to have you come speak at the Hyperfast Summit. I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, later on in the show as well. Before we dive into all the great content that, that you're going to talk about today, give our listeners and viewers out there uh, a little bit of background on who you are, what you're doing, what yeah. you're up to in business these days. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so uh, Gabe Cordova, uh, agent, broker, team lead, have been uh, been licensed for almost 20 years now. Uh, most of my career was in uh, Idaho and Boise. Uh, started just off as a solo agent, uh, actually not really knowing what I was getting into. I think it was just an idea to to get my license. This is back in in 02. And uh, thought I'd do it part-time with, with my other job and quickly within, yeah, within 30, 60 days, made more money. I had more money like in pending status than I would probably make the entire year uh, at my other job. So obviously went full time, but uh, you know, was, I was that typical agent got in not knowing what I was doing, not knowing really where my next deal was coming. I did it because a friend was going to buy a home. I had a lot of spare time and uh, <clears throat> it just, you know, I got in and started realizing, uh, I don't know, is it, it was interesting. I realized agents weren't doing really a whole lot at the time. And I don't want this to come as a disc. They weren't doing a whole lot to build their business and find opportunities, right? It was the typical hold open houses, go, go door knocking. Uh, you know, here's the phone book uh, was literally one of the things that my managing broker handed me uh, cold calling. And not that any of those don't work and I'm not right. uh, bad. Those. It just was not what I want to do as new to Boise, didn't know anybody uh, and didn't really see the just you know, open housing as, as my, my pathway to building a career out of it. And not that I didn't do any, I did a couple. So you didn't, you didn't grow up in, in Boise, the area where you I launched did, your No, I grew up about four or five hours away up in the mountains, uh, okay. you know, small little mining community and, uh, you know, lower middle class, probably if I'm rounding up, I, I grew up a cowboy. Most people don't know that I, we had, uh, horses. I grew up riding horses, training horses for extra income, you know, 4-H and all that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I just, well, as I got going on it, I realized just talking to everybody, there were people, I'd listen to people in the office. I was there every day. I'd listen to people take calls and, and like, oh, I'm not going to work that that's in whatever county or that's in whatever area. And I'm like, wow, there's an opportunity. There's a lot of people that have business that aren't doing anything. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of a little website called Craigslist, <laughs> uh, but that was coming about and it was starting to get real estate postings, <clears throat> uh, set or got a real estate section in it. And postings and and what I ended up doing is I just kind of swallowed my pride. I didn't have any business. I didn't really want to set open houses, 
So I just started asking anybody like, hey, if you have these sign calls that are coming in that you don't want, the low price points, you know, it was just literally like, let's just call it begging. Like, just give me your garbage, give me your trash. I wanna take it because this is gonna start building my sphere and I'm gonna start building a book of business. And so they did. And then it turned into, hey, can I take your listings and try to find buyers for them? And people would say yes. Uh, and I started posting them on Craigslist because uh, I, I didn't want to chase people. I wanted I had this idea, like, what can I do to make people reach out to me? That's really what I, what I wanted to do. And man, that phone was just ringing like crazy uh, to the point to where uh, I ended up hiring an assistant because I couldn't keep posting to Craigslist. And back in the day, you had to post every day because it would just move down. Uh, for anybody listening to this, it's been around a while. Um, so, you know, started building a team without knowing it. Then I started reaching out to some of the new agents that would come on saying, hey, I was in your shoes, you know, at the time it was only six months ago or four months ago, but if you need business, let me help you. And I didn't realize I was building a team at the time. Uh, and so I did, and then, you know, got to the point to where I was uh, starting to post, I, you know, read this thing about PPC on, on Google and at the mm. time, Yahoo, <laughs> all that crap. And Dude, you're like, you're like, OG man. With, it was uh, weird. With, yeah. With, with, with the digital like, world. Yeah. Yeah. My broker actually told me, I'll never forget this. Uh, my broker told me, uh, that the internet was a fad when I was mm. first starting to post to Craigslist and, uh, and, uh, start looking into like some PPC marketing and stuff like that. And, you know, and I just, I just remember thinking, okay, uh -huh, I just nodded my head. Uh, but, uh, you know, it just, it, it just took off from there. You know, we, uh, you know, I got smart finally after I had a few agents, we were literally packing around a three ring binder every morning. I'm kind of dating myself. I'm old. Um, but every morning we'd come in and update a three ring binder with the new listings that we were posting and all that. But again, the idea of generating inbound activity, then we got smart and got a CRM, uh, which allowed us to manage our, our database at a much better aspect, um, ended up leaving that brokerage, uh, went to Remax for a little while. And then a couple of friends and I, um, and, and my husband, we decided to open our own brokerage. And this was now fast forward to 2009. Uh, so we all remember what was happening in, in late seven, eight, nine, and even part of 10, you know, the market's tanking. Uh, everybody that knows us and tells us we're crazy. We're now, you know, looking for space, brick and mortar to open our own brokerage, go independent. Uh, and it was fantastic, right? We were willing to spend money and do things to build a business that when nobody else was willing to do that. Mm. And what was great is we were, you know, the, the team built really fast. We started replicating what we were doing. I started managing outside cities. So outside Boise took down platforms in like Reno, Vegas, Salt Lake, Southern Idaho, and just started replicating what we were doing. So it worked really, really well. Uh, you know, and I got obsessed with now the process, uh, lead generation, uh, became easy now because everybody was offering it at this point. Then it became to like, how are we nurturing and building a pipeline and a database and converting? And I became really <clears throat> obsessed with CRMs and the tools and stuff that we use. So 2015 was my, my last year running the team. And I transitioned uh, over as one of the founders of Firepoint CRM. We started building it for ourselves. So 2015 um, of the, the starting founders, I, I somehow I got elected to be uh, the leader and build the sales team and the support team and, and, and all that. So I stepped out after 15, 2015, running the team and the brokerage, we did a little over 800 sales that year, uh, which was fantastic. Um, and then ran Firepoint for the next five years until we merged with uh, Realvolve uh, back in 2020. Uh, and then did that for about a year and then stepped out. We uh, exited out of that. Took some time off and, and now I'm uh, starting a new team here in Denver, uh, rebuilding 
Boise, which is kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. And I'm going to be, like you mentioned, uh, in Fort Lauderdale, Boca, where, uh, Hyper Fat. Where is it officially at? Not Fort Lauderdale. It's in Boca Raton. So just, uh, yeah. And for those of you listening, uh, don't know the location, it's about 25 minutes from the Fort Lauderdale airport, hour from Miami, 25 minutes from West Palm Beach. So three airports you can fly into, you know, beautiful yeah. weather. Like we're recording this on, was it January 4th today? And it's, it's like 75 degrees here. That's probably what you'll, you know, 75 to 85 is like the range you'll, you'll be looking at. And you it was spend one, two, two it was days. One degree yesterday, one degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so what I'm going to be talking about, just to kind of fast forward, sorry, that was a long kind of background, but it's going to kind of tie into what I want to talk about is at your event uh, on the first, second of February there is, you know, I'm now building a team here in Denver coming back in and to be completely transparent, I'm going to talk about this on, on your stage. Anybody that knows me, you know, I'm very candid and transparent. You know, when I stepped out to run Firepoint and coming off of doing 800, over a little over 800, 814 sales in 15, really just left the database on cruise control, right? Let the agents just do what they want. It was a good sized database, thought they'd just live off it. You know, I kind of checked out and clearly the sales on the team and everything went down, went down, quality agents in and out, you know, and so the, the last six months has really been kind of a reset for me, stepping out of, you know, the SaaS, the software world and coming back into like, all right, now that, you know, I've <clears throat> built some successful teams, had successful numbers, uh, worked in real estate tech and with some of the best, you know, partners out there, Wailopo being one of them, you know, CSU, all of these industry partners, people in, the, in real estate that we're using to build our tech stack and chatting with incredible teams. I mean, you know, part of my Firepoint journey is, you know, meeting you and Carrie, right? And getting to speak and share the stage on what we're doing and how tech helps and how to, you know, successfully build real estate teams. And so now it's coming in with this perspective of almost, I think, having too many ideas, right? But one big clarity is understanding what I was doing wrong, uh, where I went wrong, letting the, you know, the team stay on, on cruise control and, you know, really getting that chance to reset. So last year was, all right, do we, you know, kind of uh, adapt and try and fix what we have and, 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 and go from there or start over. And we really went, especially with Boise, since that was our primary market, um, we did a full reset, basically imploded it. We went from 17 agents uh, down to three. Uh, within just a few days and really with the idea and it was really a subset team was made so before anybody sends me hate mail or messages wasn't just like oh, <laughs> it was a subset team but it was coming to this understanding of where are we wanting to go as a team and as team leads and with what type of agents and uh and, and this is what i'm going to be talking about really wanting to rebuild and understand how we're building a database forever right using uh, dynamic lead generation, not just typical lead generation, using dynamic lead nurturing and automations, uh, and then really <clears throat> only having agents focus on this third pillar. And these are the three things I'm going to talk about a little bit today and then go in depth in, in Boca, is that dynamic lead generation, the dynamic lead nurturing and automation, um, and then lead conversion. And really that third pillar, lead conversion, moving forward with these teams is the only area I want the agents focusing on. And I literally only want to hire and build a team of full-time committed agents that also have incredible growth mindset, but I only want to build a team uh, of agents that are focused on inbound lead activity. All right. So for me, I really want to remove, you know, all the crap that, I mean, you talk to real estate, I mean, you guys have agents, you talk to team leaders, you know, what's the biggest complaint from real estate team leaders and agents, right? It's lack of follow-up. The agents aren't in there doing this. Well, the agents also don't yep. want to. 
and, and let's be honest, if I'm a busy agent and I'm spending all my time, you know, on my phone or at my computer responding and nurturing as much as it takes to incubate these people through a pipeline, <clears throat> I'm not out doing what I need to do, right? The dollar productive activities. I am not, uh, you know, showing property, writing contracts, negotiating contracts and going to closing. Like really as an agent, that's my highest and best use. That's what I should be on. But yet this industry, for some reason, uh, team leads especially, you know, we're just, we're pulling our hair out and, and fighting with our agents and forcing them to make sure every, you know, speed the lead, right? Every time a lead comes in, you have to be on it right away. I'm not saying that's bad, but we, my belief, and everybody does this a little bit different, is I want to remove that from the agent. I, I, to me, um, I'm, I'm more obsessed with speed to response. Why should I be focused and have agents you know, high priority, speed to lead on somebody who's never given me the time of day. Is this the right person? Is this the right phone number? You know, none of that matters. I only want my agents focusing now on people who are worth their time, right? And it's adjusting and tweaking the tech stack to allow them to see that. So really I wanna take two thirds of the, the, the problem, you know, off the plate for my team. So number one, the lead generation. And it's not just typical lead generation. Like there are better and smarter ways. These are people right? To find people, you know, that are looking to buy and sell. And we've all seen the change with, you know, and again, I'm not, don't send hate messages, please. I'm not bashing. <laughs> we've all seen what's happened with Zillow, uh, really a realtor, you know, the cost is going up and going up to the point where it's not even just the cost per lead. Now it's a percentage of our commissions in a lot of areas, right? So that cost is getting in. Yeah. Zillow has been making a huge push in certain areas on that. So. Yeah, hundred percent. How do you scale that? Right. It's really tough, especially as a team lead uh, to build your business off of something where there's a 20, 25, 30% referral off the top all the time. Right. It gets really difficult. And then you have a team and then there's a split and we need everybody to have a, there just has to be a shift, right? If you're going to grow and scale, we can't all be fishing out of one pond. So the idea of dynamic lead generation, understanding that these are people, right? My job as a team lead, as a rainmaker, whatever you want to call it, is to create opportunity. Uh, and I can't, put all my eggs in one basket, hoping that Zillow or Realtor or anybody else again, doesn't change the rules because I have to follow those, right? Whether they change the cost structure, whatever it is, I have no control. None of us do, right? So they, we've all seen it happen over and over. So really with this idea of dynamic lead generation, <clears throat> finding different ponds, different stream, but we have to go upstream really to make this scalable and to do it. Meaning we can't wait until these people, you know, and, and this is something I'm working on. Not, these aren't leads. These are actually people, right? That have problems to solve, have pains, reasons that they're moving or buying or whatever it is. But we need to go upstream. We need to start getting these people into our ecosystem when they are just in that dreaming phase, right? I like to talk about four uh, phases that these people are going through, right? There's there's the dreaming when they're just starting to think about it, when they're going on to Google or wherever it is to type in, you know, homes for sale in Boca or Boise or Denver, wherever it is, they're just dreaming, thinking about it, right? And then they go into the second phase, which is planning, right? Now they're willing to probably go on the websites a little bit more, maybe save some favorites, do some of things. They're now starting to make a plan a little bit. And there's different buying signals uh, and online behaviors that our tech can capture and put into our system, right? When they start planning, we need to, we need to be in front of them, right? The, capture them when they're dreaming, be in front of them a little bit with remarketing, retargeting. But when they start planning and doing different things, we need to be in front of them, right? Uh, adapting searches automatically, having responses go out to them. Understand that over 50% of these people uh, 
believe it or not, are, are millennials, right? Over 50% of our buyers and sellers are millennials. Um, and we need to understand how are we communicating? We can't communicate the same way, you know, 10 years ago. I'm the biggest fan of the phone. I'm the biggest fan of calling and talking, but that response rate is going down and going down. We all know that, right? As millennials are coming into it, and it's tough. You think about millennials, and I was just at an event a few weeks ago, and they talked about millennials being over 50%, and somebody challenged it. Uh, and they're like, well, you know, would you consider a millennial, you know, 25 or 30? And they're like, yes, yes, yes. All the way to age 40 now. Would you, no, I don't, wouldn't consider somebody who's 40 a millennial. Well, sorry. <laughs> it's true, right? So start thinking about your buyers and sellers. You know, your, your 30s, mid 30s, late 30s, even 40 now, millennials. How are we communicating? So making sure that we're capturing upstage when they're that planning, that second stage, that we're communicating them in the right way, right? And then that third stage shopping. Now they're ready to shop. If we're waiting for them to shop, all right, these are what I call a hand raiser. This is uh, Zillow, realtor.com. They already have a question. We are paying way more money for them and we are competing with way more people, right? But as agents, we're so focused on today business uh, that we're not understanding this building a database and pipeline, right? At a fraction of the cost, right? We're waiting for them to get that third phase of, of shopping and then the fourth stage, which is transacting, ready to write that offer, right? So there's a big shift in dynamic lead generation or how are we finding them further upstream before they've built a relationship, before they've started talking to agents uh, and to stay in front of them with brand and messaging. So when they get closer to that planning and shopping phase, you know, your team, my team, whatever team is top of mind, right? The problem is that agents are going to go broke and we've seen it. Our agents don't want to reach out to somebody 15, 20, 30 times when they've never heard of them. They don't want to nurture them. Uh, for 12 months or 18 months. We know when we're capturing, you know, these people, these buyers and sellers online, which is where 98 plus percent of everybody starts their home search and selling process. They're going, when they're online in that dreaming phase, they're unfortunately in that 12, 18 month phase out, right? Are there some that are shorter? Yes, we've all fallen into them. I get it, but it's not the norm. Yeah, we're yeah it's like, hey, probably 10% are in that short-term yeah. bucket. And yeah. Yeah. Do you want to focus on the 10% or you want to focus on the 90 or the 70 or even shoot, you know, the 60%. And then not only that, the cost of acquiring that cost per lead, those of us are tracking our numbers on that 10% is a thousand X, right? What, what the others are, you just can't grow and scale. So it's really understanding how do we, how do we have this dynamic lead generation of different types get them in, but then into that second phase, dynamic lead nurturing and automation. How do we keep them in our ecosystem, coming back to our website, seeing our brand on, on social media, talking to us when they see it, so that when it comes to the part of the third step, which is lead generation, we're there, right? And I think that is really what, I've, what I'm doing personally, and I'm working with teams all over North America, uh, of really shifting how we've been doing business to how we're going to be doing business in 22 and going forward. Uh, and it's really allowing our agents to focus on a smaller, more active group of people versus mm -hmm. trying to oil the ocean, right? And it's just a matter of using the tech and the tools that are uh, that are at our fingertips. Uh, I don't know if I went too deep there or not. But I no, I, I, I mean, you, you covered a lot. So. Yeah. Um, and I, I think... You know, there, there's, I, I talked to tons of agents, team leaders. Uh, you've got a very scientific approach to this, uh, very numbers-based. Um, 
you know, I, I think maybe if we could dive in a little bit more to the dynamic, you know, lead nurturing, how, how that could benefit not just team leads, but, you know, like could, yep, could, a, could, could a solo agent, yeah, benefit yeah. from these tech technologies uh yeah platforms. A, good, a good question right i mean if you and if you really think about it i mean who needs more automation and and dynamic you know in this term meaning uh you know whether it's on the dynamic lead generation is asking more questions finding them in different spots uh and bringing them into the funnel then the dynamic nurturing and automation that you're talking about which i think is a great spot to probably go deeper into uh if you really think about who is more likely to probably not have time or be able to nurture somebody for 12 to 18 months, a solo agent or a team of, you know, 10, that, that solo agent, right? You're, you're, a, you're a one human show, right? You're wearing a lot of hats. I'm, you know, uh, doing the lead generation. Now I have to do the nurturing and the reach out and all that. And again, it's figuring out where's my highest, best use time. So, you know, a lot of lead generation, once you dial it in or, and or hire the right partners, uh, that's off your plate, right? Uh, the area where I think a lot of solo agents and even teams, but you, you brought up solo agents, let's focus there, are going wrong is like, okay, I've heard I have to have speed to lead. I've heard I have to call, you know, and, and I've even said this, you know, three times a day for three days, three times a week for three weeks, whatever it is, this, this to nurture through. <clears throat> well, we're so consumed and obsessed with that speed to lead and that nurturing, <clears throat> we're losing that speed to response that I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really the tools are out there and it's, you know, you're saying like, I'm really dialed in and numbers driven. I, I've just basically kind of built the tech stack that I need to take that off my plate. And if I'm a solo agent, it's even more important, right? Because I can't wear that many hats or this is where you get that up and down, right? So lead generation, let's just say that's automated because I've hired company ABC, whoever it is, Ylopo to do my lead generation and bring in all those opportunities. Well, now I have to nurture them along and stay in front of them and do all the steps that I need to, to get them to that shopping and transacting phase. Okay. Well, it's great. I'm doing that. And a lot of agents will, will do it well at the beginning. And that's what starts getting, getting you this activity as you're climbing and climbing. Well, what happens once you have, you know, two, three, four, five, I mean, some of my agents right now have five, six, seven buyers qualified, ready to go. Well, most markets, I'm not sure about yours, but most markets and most teams right now have an inventory shortage more than a surplus, right? right? So now I've done all this work that gets me up to here. And now I'm out showing property, opening doors, Do great use of your time, dollar productive activities. But what am I not doing? Everything that got me to that peak, right? So now all of a right. sudden I'm showing property, showing property or going on listing or doing what I'm doing. Well, this is what's causing the peaks and valleys, right? Everything that I did to get me busy. So when we start talking about dynamic lead nurture and automation, this is why it's so important. Solo agent team, it doesn't matter. Figure out how do I get everybody coming into my ecosystem now? How do I keep my brand in front of them? Not just in their e inbox, right? Not email, because we already know most of us have hundreds, if not thousands of unread uh, email. So now I need to make sure where, where are people spending most of their day, right? We've all seen the news where they're starting to try and put time restraints and stuff on how much time you can spend on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is. So not only now are we getting them in and we're getting them on, uh, 
you know, email campaigns, which we've done and we still do. I don't know that they're the most effective, but it's a piece of the puzzle. But now we need dynamic uh, remarketing retargeting. That means everybody coming in, this is what YLOPO does so well uh, and why we've used them for years now, is everybody coming into our ecosystem, whether we got them from Zillow, an open house, my sphere, uh, PPC, doesn't matter. They are coming in uh, and anybody who we can match on social media is going to get remarketed to. This is all happening automatically, right? So now everywhere they go, kind of like, you know, we go looking for, you know, that backpack or pair of shoes or whatever we're looking for that we, uh, uh, that we want in our life and we see it everywhere we go online. That is what needs to happen in real estate. But yet most teams and agents aren't going to do it. And it's something we can automate and take off our plate, right? What also happens when we're doing this is our conversion goes up. So we're, we're more than willing to write big fat checks and give our, our credit card out for more and more lead generation to focus on that 10% that you said. Well, we can back down on how much we're spending on lead generation if we ramp up what we're doing right now in that, that automation of lead nurturing, right? So now we get that dynamic remarketing retargeting. They're seeing us everywhere they're going, uh, our brand, uh, downloading the MLS every single day. You know, Based on your social profile, we all check that box that says, I agree to the term and services on basically anything and everything that we want. So including social media, all that. Um, <clears throat> when we do that, we're allowing cert certain companies like Ylopo uh, to get in there and, and find out what do you like? What are areas that you're checking in? What, are you, what area, type of home are you likely to like, right? We can download that carousel every single day, put it in front of you. Now, because it's dynamic, it's learning. Which ones are you scrolling past? Which ones are you actually pausing on and clicking on? And then it's learning it's dynamic. So now it's putting more homes like that. So let's say you slowed down or actually started scrolling through, not even click, but started scrolling through on golf course homes. What are you going to start seeing more of? Golf course homes. Everything has your brand. So that's one step or one, uh, one piece of automating and this dynamically nurturing, right? Remarketing, retargeting. In addition, automate it. So now when we see that they are slowing down on this type of home or this price range or this even down to the color, whatever it is, now we can have AI, it's called behavior texting, right? So because we know most people are more likely to respond to a text message than an email or a phone call right now. Now we've got them in the ecosystem. We know where they came from. We following them on social media. We know what they're likely to like uh, when they're likely to possibly buy. Uh, we see what carousel ads, what homes from your MLS that they're starting to slow down on. Now the AI can start sending them and texting them links to homes like this, asking questions. Hey, Dan, curious if you've ever, uh, if you've seen any homes in XYZ neighborhood or like to maybe possibly be by the golf course, whatever it is. And it's full on learning. What messages are you responding to? What is it not? So again, this is all happening in the background. Anytime that it's, you know, there's a response, it's coming directly to that agent, back to that solo agent. So now the solo agent isn't worried about lead generation, those opportunities, everything are coming in. Now they're not going on social media posting great new listing and whatever manually put, no, we don't need to do that, right? Let's follow people where they're at based on what they're likely to want. So, so that second piece is, is the, the remarketing retargeting dynamic, right? The behavior text, another, a third piece, behavior text. These are not just text campaigns. That's something separate. I also love those, but those are static, right? We all write out our text campaigns on day one, send this on day four, send that. That's static, that's great. That's a piece of it, kind of like the drip emails but the behavior texting is key. What's going on based on this person and their journey in their <laughs> dreaming, planning, shopping, or transacting phases. It's all about them, right? Too often we make this about us in our journey. And the questions are, hey, Dan, did you see anything you like that you wanna go see? Hey, Dan, I saw you saved a favorite. Do you wanna go see? That's self-serving. That's all about us, 
right? We are not focusing on these people. So how does, how does this behavior-based texting work? Are you, is, is the message is the message dependent on what they are doing and yeah both, uh, a couple of automating that yeah so it's all part because when your tech starts talking to each other there's a lot more information right so it can be triggered on several different things maybe they haven't been back to the web this is somebody who registered maybe a year ago haven't been back in a year uh their behavior changed they came back to the website that's captured right so it might be something uh hey dan just reaching out we're updating records curious if you ever bought that home or not Right, because now it's like a renewed interest. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so based on renewed interest, it's going to start a new behavior text because you logged on, or maybe you logged on five days in a row, and that's not your typical behavior. Maybe you're somebody who logs on once a week or once a month. It's a different behavior, so the algorithm catches that, and then it's a different message based on that behavior. You saved a favorite. What whatever the behavior is, meaning you, the buyer, the seller, the person, on the other end. So it all ties together. And then there's then there's a fourth piece, which is really cool. And again, this is all that nurturing. So now we're all used to going into MLS or CRM and setting up a safe search, right? Well, Dan's looking for a four bedroom, two and a half bath with a three car garage, you know, uh, near the golf course. We can all do that. A lot of times we're doing that when we never speak to somebody, right? Every lead that comes in should be set up on a safe search and we're gonna default it based on the home they clicked on in the first two homes. And then it's kind of like that, you know, we're going to set it and forget it and pray that they reach out to us and tell us when they're ready. That is five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. No, these uh, listing alerts, these property searches that you're sending out also need to be dynamic, right? If you're setting something out, just because you came in on a four bedroom, two bath <clears throat> on the water, it may just caught your eye because it was a pretty picture of a pretty home, not what you're looking. If you don't open something like that, but then on Facebook, you might catch your eye on something else you know, now it's waterfront instead of a uh, golf course, whatever it is, uh, the system needs to understand it. Hey, when we get the price point to this, or when we get the bedroom count to this, or when we get to this area, Dan actually opened the email or Dan actually clicked on this one. Your system needs to be adjusting automatically and updating the properties that are going to you, changing it up, right? Why, if we send you 15, 20 emails and you don't open it, why do I just keep sending you the same crap over and over? especially if I haven't spoke to you, right? Your, your system, your tools, your CRM, your stages need to update to your tech, to all of your, your automation and remarketing. <clears throat> so now it's updating it. So, I mean, these are literally all things that most agents are doing manually, right? A lead comes in, we're calling, we're texting, we're putting them on a static text campaign. We're creating uh, a listing alert or save search with what we think that they know. Um, you know, we're, we're sending them an invite to like our Facebook page or whatever. It doesn't work like that. First of all, it's manual. We don't have time, especially going back to that solo agent that you're talking about. Uh, and most of our price points, you know, I can't remember last I saw nationally, what are we about 300,000 nationwide average price point? That sounds about right. Let's even go down. Let's go 250, right? 70. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to say maybe it's a hair lower, but yeah. So let's go 250, 7,500, right? If I can now automate more of my system, which is going to increase my lead conversion. It's taking the lead follow-up, that cold calling, a lot of that prospecting off my plate, right? And when all of this automation, these dynamic um, listing alerts, the dynamic remarketing, the behavior text, the dynamic listing uh, searches are all going out and things happen. What's great is all that feeds back to your, your CRM, right? <clears throat> so, and actually, uh, can I show you something really quick? Yeah. So let me show you something. So, if, so you're, if you're listening, by the way, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or any of that, um, 
you're missing out because Gabe's. <laughs> Gabe's I'll show Gabe's, this in Gabe's, bonus. Yeah, you can you can see this at the event, but uh, Gabe's Gabe's got it here, uh, sharing the screen. We we put the podcast up on the Hyperfast Agent YouTube channel, so if you're a podcast listener, uh, this might be the episode to check out on on YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah, check it out because really what we're doing, everything I've just been talking about, right? The lead generation all the dynamic uh, lead nurturing, remarketing, all of that is really getting us to that third step where I'm talking about all I want my agents to do now respond to inbound activity, right? If I'm a solo agent, I'm gonna go back to your example. Can a solo agent, yes, you employ all the exact same things, have it feed into your CRM. And now my mindset when I'm an agent is I'm going in and I'm like, who is worth my time right now? Who is doing something that's inbound that's worth my time? I'm going to trust my tech stack and everything to do a lot of the nurturing for me. And so what I've done and what I'm showing you is most people, so I'm in my CRM, I use follow-up boss. Uh, doesn't matter. I would use something similar as far as how you do this. But most people go into where they just see all of their people and they're just like, oh, crap. Uh, let's see. Who was the last person that, that logged on? I'm going to start calling some of these people, right? We're looking for a needle in a haystack. That's not how we need to do it. What I've done is I've taken all of the activity, all of the opportunity, all of the uh, actions that these people have taken based on all the things that we just covered. And I put them, put them into lists. And my agent's job for the most part is just to come in and zero base it. So number one, who's a hand raiser? So I know instantly with one click, and this is for my team in Boise, they know that since yesterday, right now we've got one person with their hand in the air asking a question on a property for a showing or something like that. Number two, and I put these in order. So it's like paint by number. We want more listings, right? To me, nobody's less than a hand raiser. That's why it's number one, uh, who's literally got their hand in the air. Uh, right now, we want more listings. My number two list, who's right now engaging with HomeBot that we haven't made contact with and updated their stage? As you can see here, right? Here's somebody we closed a while ago. We don't know. There's six months. Zero this list. Out. We have 167 because we have thousands of past clients engaging with our HomeBot. We want more listings. Who do we currently have right now that our ISA team have deemed as hot that we haven't got the agent to confirm the appointment yet? Right now, an agent can literally come in here and just click on it. Who's talking to Raya instantly right now in order? Right? This, I know this is an hour ago, most recent person to talk to Raya. Uh, then the next most recent, the next most recent. Who's actually, this is those behavior texts Dan was talking about. Mm. Who's talking to Raya so that we can now start responding to. All of these are literally inbound activities. All right, who's triggering priority alerts right now? I've got 300 people that have done something on the website uh, that Wailopo has deemed as a priority, meaning they've logged on multiple times. They've come back after being gone for so long. Uh, they've favorited properties. <clears throat> so literally taking all the data, and I don't know if you noticed that, but it was a database of 72,000 people. Well, that's not bite size. Now I'm taking all this data and saying, okay, now just dish up in priority order, who's raising their hand? There was, there was one, right? That was my, Den and Denver probably has two or three. Uh, number two, who's engaging with HomeBot? Who's actively gone into HomeBot and looking at the data that we're pulling to find the equity that they have in their home, right? Number three, who has our ISA team actually got on the phone that they have not been able to transfer to us to confirm the appointment? Uh, who is talking right now to our, our AI is called Alex. Who's talking to Alex right now, only inbound. Not just who are we reaching out to, but who's responding to Alex in real time. So I can now go in and either take over the conversation or reach out from my personal phone and set my appointment. Uh, who's triggering priority alerts? This is the highest of the, the highest, right? Has saved multiple favorites, has logged on multiple days in a row, has come back after being absent for X days, weeks, or months. Everything is inbound. So now uh, total, you probably have about four or 500 there for my team in Boise versus 72,000. All yeah. inbound, all 
inbound. So now all the agents are doing, showing property, writing contracts, negotiating contracts, and responding to inbound activity. Does that kind of help paint the picture a little bit? So, so if you're a team leader, this is going to help you get your agents more focused on the money-making activities. And if you're a solo agent, it's, it's almost even more important because like a, you know, a solo agent, you pretty much just, or, or small team, you, you've got your time, right? Um, Let's talk know, about value, a, right? A, time. A, yeah. Like a team, a team leader, like if you don't do this, okay, you, it'll still work. You're just going to have to pay more money per closing. Right. But, but a small team or, or solo agent, uh, yeah. it's your, it's your time that you're saving. By, so let's by break that down. This. Let's break it down a little bit. Let's stick with the solo agent. Hi, right. I mean, first of all, the solo agent, if we took a poll and this isn't a live webinar, so we can't, but more, more often than not, most are going to say, I don't have time to do something, mm -hmm. right. Whether it's past client, whether it's prospecting, lead nurturing, whatever, I don't have time, right. I'm, I'm flying solo. So you're getting time and time is money. We also need work-life balance, right? We can go crazy. We've all talked to that agent that is just, you know, inundated and going too much to where there's no balance and you burn out, right? So this is bringing back time and allowing you to focus in areas where your highest and best use uh, is, is, right? So that's talking to inbound activity, showing property, writing contracts. So you're leveraging what little time you have. Uh, team lead. So a couple different things. So you brought up, you know, helps you increase lead conversion. Yeah, it does. A lot of benefits to a team lead going with this. Uh, let's let's back up earlier as a team lead. I mean, one what, most team leads. What do you always need to be doing? Recruiting, right? You're always recruiting, looking. So let's let's think about. I mean, the numbers are staggering for us, as and we just implemented this a, a couple months ago. But your message, what you're recruiting to. So the typical, hey, we do lead generation. Everybody does lead generation. What? All right. And every time we go there, so what kind of lead generation am I, do I get them? Do I have to go fishing in a pond? Do I do the nurturing? Oh yeah. They come in first to claim or whatever you want to do it. It's round Robin and you get it. And then you, it's yours until you ever make contact and convert it. Who cares? Or, you know what? Yeah, we absolutely do lead generation. And then we take a majority of the lead uh, prospecting and nurture off your plate as well. We are only recruiting uh, for agents to respond to inbound lead activity, no cold calling, uh, is really required unless you want to add it on yourself. There's always a pond of leads that you can prospect in, but my only request is that you respond to inbound lead activity. It's a completely different message. Right. right? For team leads, for team leads, your recruiting calls go through the roof, right? Now, with great power comes great responsibility. And I'm learning this. You also have to be careful that you're not just hiring agents that are wanting thinking they're gonna sit back and just cherry pick. You still need them to be part of it because. I can turn the dial. You can turn the dial. Carrie can turn the dial. Any team lead up and down, we're taking a majority of that pipeline off, off the plate. You guys have a massive database. People who have been building databases for a long time that think it's trash or cold, we just turned on. Here's an interesting stat. So we just turned on about 8,000 uh, people that have been in our database for over two years uh, that were cold, dead, trash, whatever you want to call them, never spoke to us or anything. Uh, we realized we found this basically bucket that had not been added to remarketing, retargeting, the dynamic listing alerts or anything. We turned that on early uh, December. And I, I wish I, I want to say right around 6,000, uh, if, if, if I remember correctly, about 6,000 people. Again, dead trash. <clears throat> nobody ever talked to. Hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know, third, fourth of December in there somewhere. I was just looking at the numbers the other day. Uh, we had around 400 priority alerts out of those, all I literally did is here by local, put them on dynamic remarketing, retargeting, behavior texts, uh, and uh, um, 
the dynamic listing alerts. And basically I told the team, I'm putting these in there and turning it on. I'm not expecting anybody to do anything other than just respond to the ones that we think are worth our time. They'll come into the list, right? So I showed you those lists, right? I turned it all on, didn't ask the team to do anything. If somebody raised their hand and I think we had nine, and so that we're talking about three weeks, we had nine dead or trash leads request to showing, request more information or a showing on a property. Boom, they popped into list number one. Agents didn't have to do anything other than wait for them to get notified that somebody populated into the list number one, that hand raiser list, right? Several of those homebot engaged uh, that we saw were from that list. Uh, we had almost 400 or just over 400 priority alerts from these dead trash leads, meaning they came in and did something uh, of value or of activity that Wailopo deemed it as a priority that then fed it into one of our lists. They either started talking to Alex, our AI, or they triggered the uh, behavior texts uh, or alerts based on their activity, saving favorites, uh, logging on multiple days in a row. So all the agents had to do is sit back. I didn't increase my cost. I didn't buy more leads, right? So where I'm going with it is this is really this strategy is allowing people to not necessarily have to increase their budget if they're bringing on more agents or wanting to increase the uh, size of their team. It's allowing you to, how do I get more juice out of the fruit that I currently have? Right. We actually, when we started this uh, mid 21, uh, especially in Boise, because I've been building that database for years, we turned off lead generation for months. We literally just sat back working the activity and the inbound communication and opportunity based on our existing database that I started back in 2002. We turned it off for several months, right? We just turned it back on a couple months ago. Uh, and not that I need it today. Again, knowing a lot of it that I'm turning on today really isn't going to be ripe and ready to pick for that 12 to 18 months. Real really starting to build the pipeline. Uh, the agents don't even really have to see the new leads. <clears throat> on my list, if you would look closely at my list, and I'll just, I'm going to show you one more time. I know we're running out of time here because I talk way too much. When you look at my priority list, again, hand raisers, engage with HomeBot, my ISA, we use Conversion Monster, uh, talking to Raya, priority list, people that update a new phone number. And these are the number I want my agents to work it. Number seven, it's the last of the seven lists that my agents have is the new leads. I don't even want them touching the new leads. They don't need to. I have ISAs calling them. I've got AI hitting them, everything else. New leads on my team is only if you have time and want to do some prospecting. Because these are people that have not done something of value. They have not spoken to us yet. We have not had any contact. That's why they're still staying in that new lead pond. Once we make connection or the ISA team, they come out of it into a different stage or into a different pond. So literally our new leads, which is most teams when they're hiring and training new agents, oh yeah, we do all this new lead generation. We want you to speed the lead, hit them fast, hit them often that first 10 days, 10 days of pain, whatever you want to call it. It's literally our seventh list. I don't want the agents. I don't want you focusing on somebody that's only been on my site for 10 days when I know 90% of them aren't going to be ready for a year. When I've been doing this for a long time and I know the great stuff, the gold, the ripe fruit are people who have been on my site for one, two, three, four, five years. They're the ones that have been thinking about it, thinking about it or taking action. They're the ones that maybe we missed three, four or five years ago that have a ton of equity and now they're wanting to sell. I saw a post on one of the groups. I don't know if it was LabCode or Wailopo or one of them saying, hey, what do you guys do when somebody says they have an agent they already bought? Do you just delete them? No, <laughs> never delete anybody, right? First of all, they have an agent. Chances are that agent is going to drop the ball and not talk and or not respond to them. And when that happens, they're going to call someone else. I want them thinking of me. I still going to let them see my, until they unsubscribe or any of that, they're still going to see my remarketing retargeting because they signed up for it, listing alerts, all of that. 
right? Uh, the ones that already bought. Hey, congratulations, Dan. I know buying in this market can be difficult because there's not a lot of inventory. And I'm going to look, what cities were you looking at? Did you end up buying in, in the Boca Raton area? They respond, yes. Hey, congratulations. You know, uh, a lot of my, my buyers love monitoring the equity in their investment. Here's a link to my equity report you can sign up for. It's at no cost. I'm now getting buyers that I dropped the ball on or my team that we missed <clears throat> giving me their new address. And now I'm putting them in HomeBot. I'm just going to incubate and nurture them, right? Nobody gets deleted. And that's all going to go right back into that second step, right? The dynamic lead nurturing and automation until they're ready to be converted again. So it's just this whole ecosystem of building this pipeline. And I'm going to go way deeper in Boca Raton and actually show examples how I built these, the different types of dynamic lead generation, how to do it, <clears throat> some scripting, some insights and things like that as well. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully I didn't ramble on too. No, that's, I, I love this idea. It's like, just to use another Florida analogy, like you could go fish the whole ocean, right? Or imagine a technology, a system of technologies that, tell you no the, the fish are here today go go fish here right you, you still you have to my, did you see that on my list is that why you said that <laughs> no i didn't i didn't see that so i love that so actually so literally uh the ocean so huh. uh let me get out of here sorry uh the ocean is literally where everybody this is our big 51,000 of our 72,000 are in the ocean right it's literally like it's not a bad lead it's not a bad person they're just not ready yet let them right. go grow up and be a bigger fish when they start jumping. So to me, that's the analogy. I love that you said that. Leave them in the ocean. They're in the ocean. You go fishing in the ocean anytime you want. The agents have access. That's if they want to go prospect. But I guarantee you, when they start jumping in the ocean and there's activity and they're worth your time, they will pop into list one, two, three, four, five, or six. All you have to do is zero base the list each day and you're guaranteed to only be talking to people who are active, have accurate information, or asking to be reached out to. It changes the whole game. Well, I'm, I'm excited to, to have you come down to the, the summit coming up soon, uh, probably just a few weeks from when this yeah. actually goes live. So if you're listening, if you're watching, go to hfasummit.com, check out the event. Uh, if you use the code PODCAST25, our, our podcast listeners get 25% off, so uh, go to hfasummit.com and use the code podcast25. That's good for the gold and the VIP tickets. And I uh, saw your lineup of speakers. Like, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I'm intimidated. <laughs> I've spoken a lot of places, but you got some, you've got some, some incredible brains uh, and thought leaders on that stage. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a blast. Gabe, I know you got to run, but before you sign off, I always like to do the hyper fast round if you're ready for uh, five rapid fire questions. And I don't know what this is, but okay, sure. Biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? Focus on the service, not the sale. Uh, biggest mistake you see successful real estate agents making? Uh, chasing new opportunities and not incubating mm -hmm. their current database. Uh, what's the biggest challenge or a challenge you've had in business and how did you overcome it or what did you learn from it? Ooh, good question. Um, I would say uh, turnover on the team. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what I did is I, I was one of those that failed and was so obsessed with always growing and getting more and more. Uh, I didn't help agents evolve and build a business and a team within my team. I think they felt like they had to leave and that's my fault. It was a culture mistake. Uh, and that's something I'm working on, have not perfected. If you had to start over, you couldn't take your money, you couldn't take your reputation, but you could take everything you've learned in your two decades of doing this. Uh, what would be the first thing you would do as a new agent? Oh, damn, that's a good one. Uh, get on a team. Just get on um, a team. 
get on a team. All right, last question here. Where do you see yourself five years from now? Ah, uh, <laughs> ooh. Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to honestly say, I don't That's know. probably the most honest answer anyone's yeah, given. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't even know how to do that because we are in that regrowth, re rebrand everything mode right now. And there's so much opportunity. I don't know, honestly. You know, if it was how I would live life before, I'd have multiple satellite teams uh, across the country. I don't know if I want to do that. I, my gut tells me I want to go deep, not wide. Uh, this go and really focus on a smaller group of higher producing agents where we all have more balance and control in our life. But I don't know. Uh, perfect answer. Thank you so much, Gabe. Um, if, if people want to connect with you, how should they do it? Social uh, yeah, media? No, yeah, social media. Gabe Cordova, Facebook. Gabe A. Uh, or my middle, uh, my middle initial, Gabe A. Cordova on Instagram. Uh, I'm a realtor in residence at Wailopo as well, helping teams all over North America. So I'm pretty easy to find. Just uh, and, I, and, I, and literally, that's what fills my bucket is actually helping people and giving back to uh, an industry and community that's given so much to me. Amazing. Thank you, Gabe, for all the value and lessons you brought to our listeners and viewers today and to all of our listeners and viewers. Thanks again for tuning in. Please leave us some feedback, comment, let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, and share this with people that you think would benefit from seeing or listening as well. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.